0: I'm still excited to do this um, podcast because I I was listening to a podcast before mm-hmm. as well and it was speaking on um, this issue too. It was from Sarah Jakes. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like since this, um, maybe we should start again. Okay, I'll just start fresh now. So the reason I, I guess I wanted to talk to you about it is because, you know, you just keep it real with me. So... <laughs> And so I need those people in my life. So I guess when I heard about the the protest first off, um what that happened a couple of weeks ago now. I like honestly my reaction at first was a bit like for and I guess I was kind of like on the on the fence. Um, because I was just like, these people just broke the rules. Like, how does it relate to and, how do we relate to America like this is going on in America I wasn't angry at America because I am quite aware of what they go through leading up to this whole thing um, I was watching like Michelle Obama's um, documentary and also um, Hillary Clinton's one so even on um, feminism and just that's so huge and but not even there like even before that but it was almost like it became normalised. What do you mean by normalised? So the whole um, Black Lives Matter movement. So for example, when I saw like the picture, I thought nothing of it when I first saw it. What, what picture? So of George Floyd. Yeah. I haven't watched the
1: video. Have you watched it? I haven't watched the full video. But you've watched some of it? Yeah, I w- watched about like two minutes in. Yeah. It's, it's quite confronting. Like, yeah. And I know that there are other videos of African American men and women like dying at the hands of police officers. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you didn't think anything of it though.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't look into it.
1: Oh, yeah. That's what
0: I mean. Um, until it became like quite common, and then I I looked and I was like, because I thought it, at first I thought it was just another case of like I didn't actually think he died. Like I thought it was just another police brutality case, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't look at this, like I can't face it, type of thing. Um, but I don't know, it's just been like a bit confronting as well. Um, sitting in the middle, like, as being white and also as Maori, like I'm hearty Maori, but yeah. <laughs> and you know I once like hated my white people at one stage, like yeah,
1: while well, you dyed your hair brown and wore brown eye contact. Yeah,
0: so. I I just I didn't like who I was like growing up, and but then I get like confronted when I see posts that say you white people need to do this. And I'm like, what am I not doing? You know? So I'm just like asking so many questions But honestly, since it, my ignorance has come down a little bit more because I've been open-minded and like seeking questions. And I think if I had, had have done this podcast on my own, I don't know where I would have gone with it. It would have made me sound a bit more, I guess ignorant because I'm not. I'm only coming from my worldview.
1: Yeah,
0: and so that's what I wanted to.
1: Yeah, I think what's important is the fact that you, we all have ignorance, and we all have um, parts of racism ingrained in us, whether it's systemic or um, just in your different culture groups. Everyone, everyone is a little bit racist. For people to say that they're not Is actually like a fat lie Because I would even Admit to myself being racist towards Other minority cultures in my Ignorance, like treating People certain ways And then being treated A certain way because of how I look Like we've had Like I remember we would go out Jean, like me and you, we look Completely opposite, for those who don't Know what I look like, I am Completely the opposite of Jean like, I have brown skin, I'm, like, borderline six foot, and I have, like, long, black, curly hair. So when we would go out, people would look at us weird because we would hang out together. Really? And, and you noticed would, that? I always noticed it. I never noticed that. I always noticed it because we'd, like, walk into came out, and they'd, like, be looking at us. And I'd be like, oh, do you, like, what do you want? Wow. Yeah. And, like, when we would go places or... We were like at a youth event, and we had to talk to people. People would automatically talk to you first, even if I was the leader. Mm. And it was just so interesting. Like I, like I've always found it interesting, but it's just that whole thing of it is ingrained in our being that we would um, talk to someone who is white and seek direction from them rather than seeking yeah. from actually who here is the leader or who here is leading. In whatever form
0: yeah um so then obviously this whole thing has been around um systematic racism yeah um can you just i guess explain what that is because and how is that different to just non-systematic racism or normal
1: racism so like overt racism eh
0: so for example like you just mentioned even like you are sometimes racist
1: with yeah. without so, even
0: realizing it.
1: So I think for myself when I think of um like when I think of systematic racism I think of this. like racism is very subtle. S- yeah. Systematic yeah. racism means that um, the system whether it's education or Whether it's the education system, whether it's your school, like, um, healthcare, whether you're trying to access welfare, those kind of things, it usually is, it usually just, like, benefits people who have white skin. Yeah. And if you are of minority culture or you're a person of colour, usually um, you are at a deficit. So systematic racism just exists in society, like it doesn't really, it, it's more to do with like holding people back, holding people of colour yeah. back, and keeping them in the system instead of allowing them opportunities to be who they need to be, because there aren't a lot of brown people in spaces where it's like on TV, on television, or
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and then you asked another question, but I completely forgot it.
0: Oh um, And then the difference Was it the difference between like Normal
1: I think everyday uh, racism Like When I was younger in high school You would talk about like Indians and then put on an Indian Accent So I would do that quite a lot without like Thinking About it Or like calling people their racial Slur names
0: or even like Indian giver, like I don't even know how yeah, like like Indian giver. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and it's like this idea that Indians aren't generous, but actually they are. It's like, actually, how do you know that? So that's where that's, where that's come from? Yeah, so it's like the term Indian giver is a person who is of Indian descent, heritage. Yeah. Um, them giving something to you and then them saying... Because you're not using it or because, like, um, you might even be using it, but can I have it back?
0: Yeah, and see, that's what my family would class being Pākehā. Like, if I would do something like that, um, (laughs) then I would all of a sudden get called, like, Pākehā. But then, you know, so then that confuses me. So what am I? Because you've been telling me my whole life I'm Māori, and now I'm... I'm um, being white because I'm not giving, or you know, just taking something back because I don't want it to go to waste. Um, yeah. And so that's that's caused a lot of confusion um, for me as well.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of race, it, like it's just such a um, such a like a fine line topic. Because, like, for you, when you're talking about um, growing up Māori but having white skin, it's like, actually, you grew up Māori, but because you grew up Māori, all this all this stuff that is seen as deficit is labelled as Pakya. And
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: I say that with quotations because it's like, oh, well, pakya is seen as um, selfish and selfish. self-centered. Yeah. Yeah. And that in itself, and I think that's that, maybe that's why that level of um white privilege and whiteness is like not the right way and like all this other stuff about white not being right is like hard to confront because when you are associated with the color of your skin it's like actually I'm more than that
0: yeah
1: more than the color of my skin but yeah people as a default just look at the surface and we'll just judge you completely on the colour of your skin and so I think when like the movement in America started it just kind of triggered off a whole bunch of other um, conversations in other countries that have been colonised
0: yeah Uh, yeah it definitely has and like the awareness level is so much more as well um, I'm just like, whoa, like just in the past like week i've I've been way more aware to it than I already was like and it's not just like racism towards um brown people, but also t- to white as well. do you think that? Because we're also in a pandemic. Well, we're not anymore. We, we got out of it, which is really cool. But do you think people are using that as like a justification to not do this? Or is yeah?
1: I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like this conversation. Like America. America is
0: still technically. Um.
1: They're still technically supposed to be quarantining. Yeah,
0: I mean, that was the first, like, reaction that I went to. Um, because I only found out about the, the protest on the day, um like a couple of hours because of someone's post. And so I didn't think that the turnout would be as big as it was. And then I saw it and I was like, wow. And then I didn't think, like, how... It is now that it would continue, but I think it's a good thing. Like, this has been going on for like what 400 years. Like, 250
1: here. Like, I don't know. I think, yeah, and I'll tell you, like, when we think about Black Lives Matter, there is just such historical prejudice against African Americans. And when you see um, the outcry. Yeah. and like 13 I think it's like 13 other countries that are not even um, a part of America but are standing and Aotearoa is one of them and a lot of the countries that are um, standing up and showing like like showing support are also colonised countries mm. that a lot yeah I think it's a long a long time coming, this conversation of um, racism and Aotearoa, I think the fact that it has been triggered by a movement of Black Lives Matter and the movement of Black Lives Matter is pretty much um, to stop police brutality but has triggered off against African Americans but has triggered so many other conversations around race, around race and um, systematic, systemic um, racism, like, yeah. and of course it had to be when a pandemic is going to happen because how else is? I'm just like, I know. It's it's almost like
0: I asked that same question too. Like, why now? What is it about this case? Um, like, is it the fact that people have been in a pandemic and now they're just over it and just want to stand up? It, or is it also because of how brutal and out there this murder call it what it is is
1: I think it's, sharing, I think it's no weapons I think it's a eight whole minute
0: of- I heard yeah. it today it was eight minutes yeah
1: I just ho- think it's a whole bunch of stuff like I, I just I could not imagine my brother being like pretty much suffocated to death. While, while a policeman so an officer of the law is supposed to protect and serve as killing an innocent man, like I just could not imagine i just don't, I don't think that's right. I think America has a long way to go in how um they reshape their justice system because a lot of people are saying that the justice system is broken, but yeah. the justice system is unjust. How can you have a justice system that's unjust?
0: yeah
1: I just think that's quite um,
0: or, or whose justification is it by
1: Yes like who actually who like you have to look at who created this justice system and there's a really interesting um, like documentary on Netflix called the 13th 13th And it talks about the 13th Amendment of the United States and it talks about how when they abolished slavery they actually just created the 13th Amendment. Mm. And when they created the 13th Amendment, it said that, it said something along the lines of, and I probably won't get this right, it's like um, that if they are a criminal you can punish them. And so they just started turning African Americans into criminals so they could punish them. So it wasn't a new way of slavery, it was just Um, this new way of keeping African-American people of colour below um, people who had white skin, Mm. which I found really interesting and quite confronting. Because even though I'm brown and a person of colour, I am quite privileged. Yeah. So I'm always confronted about the fact that I have an education. I'm quite well-spoken. I know how to like articulate myself and there are things that my siblings even don't have the privilege of or don't know of and so for me I'm always like okay so it's my like I feel very um, passionate about educating people and talking about the taboo subjects and just keeping it real because then how else are we all going to move forward instead of staying just constantly in this turmoil of yeah but they're just brown that's what some ones do mm-hmm. yeah but they're just white. white people are always about themselves like when are we going to change the conversation yeah wow and, cool. and the only way to really change a conversation to do something dressed right in the streets, break the pandemic rules like I'm so not a rule breaker, but like, all yeah, from I the think
0: cool. I think that's what it was. A like my because I'm such a rule follower, and yeah, and um, it's just like, and plus also with the police brutality, because I guess as well, my initial reaction was they're just copying America, you know, like with this process. Because one, our police brutality is not as bad as America. So I mean, do you well, think so? Yeah. As in, like, as well. From what I see, it's not as visual as what they go through. Like the young African men, and even like their kid. Like they're teaching their kids how to respond to police officers. As a young yeah, young. yeah,
1: it's like I, I saw those videos, and I feel like in, in brown circles, we def- like I particularly haven't been like okay when you're talking to a cop you need to tell the cop that you're going to reach into your pocket for like your wallet or whatever but I have sat in like brown circles with young females talking about how their teacher treats them differently to like their white mate or like how when they're um, late for school they get a harsher punishment like they're in detention for longer yeah Um, so I do have those kind of conversations with young women and youth work but nothing is extreme and I would say yes we are not um and I say this with like quotations we are not as bad as America but however
0: we have our own issues
1: yeah however we have our own stuff going on in our own backyards also um we there was the possibility of us having our enforcement and now that's no longer going to happen. But the fact that it was even an option is a scary thought. And when they trialed it, I think it was like three people who had actually passed away. Um, Are you talking about it, level four? No, 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 I'm talking about when they were trialing, um, um, having police- oh, I think I heard police. about this
0: in South Auckland.
1: Yeah, and they had three deaths and they were in Pacifica or Māori. Yeah. That's preventative. That's our preventative state. Mm. And it's no longer happening. Like, the government has said that they're not passing it, that they're not going to allow police officers to carry weapons, and that I'm all for that. But I do reckon, like, I strongly believe that there are other restorative processes. Yeah when it comes to um, like justice like seeking justice oh,
0: yes our um, justice system is also a joke
1: yeah like like I just think we're, we're using this justice system that was implemented by a western viewpoint that never actually took into the account of indigenous or brown people and so yeah. how indigenous and people of colour originally had um, restorative processes. It was, they used the village, like they used the elders um, and they had meetings and it was a journey. It wasn't you lock them up and you punish them. Mm.
0: Yeah, um, because I also think of like our protests that have recently happened and I think that could also be an influence That happened last year with uh, Ihumatao And then you also had Mona Kea And um, there's a lot of indigenous That are starting to like speak up Um, And so it's like I mean I guess it's hard for African Americans Because they're not actually indigenous to that land
1: But But they are indigenous to a land That they were stolen from Yeah I just think, like there were so many indigenous there there have been, and there still are so many indigenous land protests um and it's always to do with fenoa and the in how people how people of color are just like so wrongly treated, and when you see a movement like Black Lives Matter, yeah, it gives you hope a little bit because it's like. It took, it's a freaking, like, their whole country, every state in their country is supposed to be in lockdown and there are a whole bunch of people, young and old, wearing face masks, getting, like, tear gas by their police force, who's supposed to, like, care about them. Like, what the flip is that? Anyway, when you have all those people stand up and say, People of colour matter. Black people matter. You need to stop killing these people. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, you finally heard me. You finally heard us after 400 years. Yeah. Like we had to wait 400 years Yeah, this uprising.
0: I think it's also interesting that it's been that long because, I mean, the whole reason I set up this podcast was to talk about my faith and my fitness but um i i don't think i can ignore this issue just cuz it's been heavy on my heart for like you know and i've been battling with it since um but but good battles as well um and then just with the israelites also being in slavery for that long like you know in egypt i just when we actually put it into perspective that for it's been it's been 400 years and we see this happening and like i also watched um made Mm. And that was inspiring, and that was just coming out of slavery. That was the generation after, right
1: yeah I was. Yeah.
0: and then like to see that happen then, but it's still the same now, mm-hmm. back then in all those years, and nothing much has changed and so I guess when you read like that the um Israelites are in slavery for four hundred, it feels it seems like nothing when you just read it, but then when we actually mm-hmm. like yeah. see it in front of us.
1: It's when you're actually in the it's like wow. Yeah. And it should it, as Christians, it should shock you. It should shock you into movement. Mm. I was watching Bible project and I was watching a particular um video clip on justice. Yeah. And ultimately the justice movement within the story of the Bible is one of the main reasons why I have constantly decided to be a follower of Jesus, because he is constantly telling us in the Bible to stand up for the oppressed and to stand up for those who don't have a voice. And because I am brown and I am female, and I am an orphan, it's like, for people like me, who need to hear a voice of hope or a voice of reasoning, then I am, this is like the shoe fits. So I need to be able to speak in those places.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Because I saw a post as well that was um, referring to the all lives matter. And even like um, Jesus, it said something along the lines of, Uh, even though all lives matter, like Jesus said, Samaritan lives matter. Uh, Jesus said woman lives Mm -hmm. matter. So he spoke to the actual crowd that wasn't being heard. That was like the minority at the time, even though he loved all of them. And um, yeah, this all lives matter thing has also been a, a big stirring and I guess it's yeah i i I know that all lives matter, but I think the turning point for me was seeing the analogy of the the burning house as well. Have you seen that oh,
1: yeah.
0: yeah yeah, and so if there was one house burning, you'd tend to it and um I guess what is also shocking the black community in America just from what i've heard um over listening to different podcasts is that it's taken this long for like some white people to actually realize that this has been happening which is yeah. just like a complete shock but i mean
1: it's yeah. reality like yeah that
0: people have been so ignorant to that when it's like fully been recorded of gun shootings and
1: injustice and yeah, I think that there's just so many layers to it. And it's almost like, okay, you can, when you're on your phone, you can switch your phone off. But if there aren't people that um, are white talking to their friends who are white and are choosing to be ignorant or don't know anything, yeah. then that's not beneficial. It's not beneficial to anyone because it's just like, we need people who are white to talk to people who are white. Like, brown people can't keep educating white people. It's actually really exhausting. And like, you hear about it a lot through social media. And that's just the reality. For the last 400 years, we've tried really hard to have a voice. They've tried really hard to have a voice. And it's only now, during this pandemic, that when this man is, like, being murdered in the street and the police officers aren't charged, like, they get to walk away, is, um, like... I I heard they, they have been charged. Yeah, they have been charged, but originally they weren't, which is why it started this whole thing. Oh, okay. So they... So he, this man dies on the street, right? Yeah. This... And then Brene Taylor, who is a woman... She dies in her bed. Police raid her house. And um she is shot eight times. And her like this like all of it is part of Black Lives Matter and I think there were like two or three policemen in um in Brianna's house. I think her name's Brianna. Is this wow, okay. Is this during and Yep, and they weren't charged. And, and so Yes. Yeah. Floyd case I think they just recently had his burial like they just had his funeral like a couple of days ago but it was like you have four officers two are like new to the job so they're just kind of following what the other two are doing but you have four officers on this man no sorry three officers on a man one man supervising like, not doing anything, telling the people that are filming that they need to, like, back up, and, like, it's all good. But he's crying for his he's mom.
0: saying it's all good. What was that? Is he saying it's all good on the video?
1: I, I don't think he's actually saying that, but he's, like, telling people to back up. He's ignoring them, like, he's acting yeah. like, in, in this man on the ground, crying for his mum. It's, it's just, like, quite strong. And then, and then he, um, and then after all of that, they just go home. Like, and, and then it takes for these yeah. ch- for these men to get charged. It takes pretty much 13 other countries plus all of the US to go into like full riots and protests all around the country to get justice for this man. And it's a week. It's not a day. It's like a full week of protests. Yeah.
0: Because honestly, if these cops don't get charged, that's gonna just bring a whole lot more rage. Like, there's already rage. Um, but if this doesn't go ahead, I don't see it not. Like, I don't see them not getting charged because of the consequences that are gonna come. But who even knows with America? I don't know. It's interesting because also. I was also asking myself, what about the people recording? What about the bystanders? Like We try and teach people to, to not be bystanders but these guys were, if they had done something, they probably would have got arrested as well. I think,
1: yeah, I think that's hard to say because like, there's been, the girl who was recording it was 17 years old yeah. And that's some of the age of the young people that we work with.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's just like she, she's seeking like um support because she's been abused online about the fact that she didn't help. But when yeah. you're a black woman in America, you're gonna get shot to death if you try and help that man.
0: And then gosh, the guy, the shopkeeper who even called called the cops, like, imagine how he must have felt I know so imagine. guilty
1: yeah oh my gosh,
0: we haven't even got into like, this racism in our country yet this is such I a massive topic <laughs> Just, like, I, was to, uh,
1: I was talking to some people in my work about, like, what's happening and I was like do you think that it will take years, like I said, sorry, I said, I reckon it'll take years and years and years, like generations and generations to like be able to be in a place where actually, actually um, feel like it isn't that massive taboo topic that people don't want to be challenged with? And then the person that I was talking to was like, I really hope that it doesn't take generations and generations, like colonisation happened like that. Yeah. And so I hope that we're able to just like be able to have the conversation and delve into it and I'm like, same. I really hope that too. But like there's parts of me that is quite um pessimistic because I've experienced it mm-hmm. and I'm twenty. And it's mm-hmm. like that it was they just suffered for four hundred years.
0: Yeah. And we're only
1: it's like two hundred years
0: the ripple effect of what one person does can just impact like so many people. Um, so I don't know if you heard this, but CrossFit, for example, if we look at the fitness side of things, CrossFit is feeling the heat right now because of a comment, a tweet that was made that came across as racial from the founder. and now like within a day or two affiliates of crossfit have removed them from the name like have removed their name from their association their gym yeah so some in new zealand actually so now they're not paying their fees um reebok has stepped away from crossfit um you've got rogue as well who provides like all this fitness gear. Who is taking their label off? And I'm just like, and now, and the the CEO stepped down. The guy who made the comment. Um, he I remember he made a comment that said, uh, "Floyd 19." So what does that mean? He was referring it to COVID. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. That makes me angry yeah
0: it it made a lot of people furious even the top athletes were were um doing videos on that they don't approve of that and so who knows where that's going but that one tweet that one comment just did this ripple effect (laughs) and i can i just
1: be honest i'd rather people leave yeah stay
0: Oh, it's good. And so that's what shows that this is actually a positive thing. Like, this is working and heading in the right yeah. direction. And I really hope that it, you know, it doesn't, it's not just a trend.
1: I don't feel like it is. Um, there's something, like, in my, like, spirit that says that this is, like, quite um. It's different. It's different. Like, something about it that just really stirs, like, stirs my spirit into like being very proud to be brown but also like thank you Jesus for this conversation
0: yeah and so should I because I know I don't know I guess for most of my life also is like being a bit ashamed to be white
1: (laughs) yeah I don't I can't relate to that like 'cause I've had um being ashamed to be brown or being ashamed to be known that brown females like are a statistic. Like yeah. I used I went to a girls only school, a very public girls only school that was known for like teenage pregnancies and like having babies young and like always having that. And I don't really know if that's still a conversation that 13 year olds should have I should ask my young people really no. but like being 12 and having that in my head like brown girls just get pregnant early Yeah, and yeah. that I would feel so much like embarrassment because I grew up in a Christian home and like is not what you do mm.
0: I mean yeah I was so closed off from this world um, growing up hmm. so I was in all all I knew is what I was told and what I experienced. And so there were there was also like a, a lot of a lot of hurt um towards me being white. So this is where I stand in the on the fence, because I didn't really know how to be a white person, even though I was white. <laughs> but I also can't relate to being a brown skinned person, because I know when I go out there people see me as white, but i've yeah i've i guess I've struggled with that also because, for example, like another example of racism that's happened in the past week is applying for jobs, and I, this was just a comment made at a meeting, and um the person didn't even look at the white applications because they were looking for a specific person, obviously. And so, and I put myself in that position, like, what if I'm applying for a job that I know I can do as a Māori, but because of my skin colour, I can't get that job.
1: Can I just say, sis, what you just said I have lived with for the last 18 years of my life, like, I've always thought that whenever I've gone to apply for jobs, I'm like, will they accept a brown person? Will they accept me if I wear my hair out? Like... Yeah. Those questions that you asked yourself, I have always asked myself every time I've gone to look for jobs.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: And I'm only starting to realize that as an adult.
1: Yeah. And like even my name. Yeah, yeah. Like my name is Kurosita Timu. Like yeah. it is the most islander name. And as a kid, no one could pronounce it. Like, I went to a very pucky school. Yeah, I went to a very pucky school. Everyone wanted to call me K. I was like, no. No.
0: Does that still affect you when people pronounce your
1: name wrong? Um, actually, in my workplace, like, because obviously you know that I work three jobs and, like, yeah, up here, um, I just had, like, this conversation, like, with um, Two with my workmates, who we all go by like um, nicknames, yeah, and we just had conversations, conversations around okay, let's use our full names. And so we started this year strong. And I have to say, like, I've dwindled off, but I've been really like with the movement and everything. I've just been really reminded of why I had that conversation of calling myself by my full name. Mm. But that was hard, and, like, when I would apply for jobs, I'd be like, will they look at it and then, like, not look at it because of my name?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think, actually, that's a big thing because when I want to go into the moldy scene, I will use my moldy surname.
1: Yeah. It's just It's just you're aware of it, like, because we work with community like we are in the community we know that if you are in the community it's actually a benefit to be brown because you're working with brown people yeah but in like the mainstream world like mainstream society Mm. everything is western yep that's certainly like in the last couple of years when working in community that community workers are like actually we need to hire like our people because our people know how to work with our people And previously, it hasn't been like that.
0: And have you ever felt um, a burden of tokenism? Or do you think you, do you treat that like a privilege?
1: Um, I freaking hate it. I frick, like I told myself I'm not going to swear in a podcast, but like, you know me, I always swear. So, um, Can you just
0: explain what that is?
1: So if you don't know what tokenism means, it means like, um... You become like the one person in the room that is like the tick box. So, a lot of the time, like I said earlier, I'm the brown, per- I'm brown, I'm female, I'm very articulate. So, I fit in this world of being super like, um, I can talk to white people pretty much, like, I can hold a really decent conversation. And in saying that, people a lot of the time will ask me to do things. Um, that fit their structure and because I'm brown, it's like, oh yeah, Kudel can do it. Kuruseta, she's got it. Cause she's like brown and she knows what she's talking about. Mm. But really it's like when I stand up there, yeah, I'm the only brown person. And every other person standing with me is Pacquiao. Yeah.
0: Spot,
1: and then, the yeah
0: spot, and it's like, spot the brown guy.
1: Yeah. And it's such a it's a saying that I'm so accustomed to that it's like not even funny anymore yeah and so i value diversity i value um people having different backgrounds i value when i'm on a team where um people are different because i know that not one size fits all okay. and so when i think of you Gene, i think of like Um, someone who has a completely different experience because you are Pākehā, raised in a Māori family. And that's just the truth. Like, we're both...
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know, I'm trying to... And so I guess when... It's weird because I'm like a a Māori activist. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. But then when a comment pops up that... Targets like white people, I feel like I'm that as well. But it's like, okay, so that's where I'm like a bit of tension, like I'm because I can walk in two worlds, and I've always been the white person who has stood out in the brown crowd. But I haven't seen myself as the white person, like, whereas, like, you said, you know, like, full well that you're the only brown person there. But I think it's probably also a cultural thing as well because in me I don't I don't see myself as white because I haven't been raised that way so I like if I didn't have a mirror like I would think that I'm brown and so around white people I feel brown
1: <laughs> oh really- yeah definitely you sit in the room with white people and you are the first to raise up tikanga, you are the first to raise up reo you are the first to raise up hold on that's not how we should approach things properly like um yeah like i just it's so it's so hard to articulate yeah because it's like a conversation of your journey and there's not yeah and there's not many people who um have experienced your journey that i have met yeah
0: and I think that's probably where um, ignorance lessons, when we actually, like, stop seeing colour and actually um, hear the person's story.
1: Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with listening to people's story and being able to create safe spaces where people feel like they can actually authentically share their story without judgement, yeah. without, like... um the fear of being, it being used to like twist the integrity or the character.
0: Mm. Yeah, I get that. Because even like in this conversation and over the past, like at the start of the podcast, I explained that this was my initial reaction because it had become almost the norm to see this stuff. So I didn't think that this George Floyd case would blow up. The way it did um, but it shouldn't become the norm like racism is not the norm and sometimes yeah we just we just let it slide um, but we're also dealing with our own issues of of racism as well so it's probably a chance just to share share each other's stories because I mean at the start I was like I've been a victim of racism like what about all those people who have said that to me you know how I was kind of angry at that but um I don't know yeah um, so Even, I, need to listen.
1: I think uh, especially in our peer group like um, yeah I just feel like when we think about tokenism we think about like being the one-off like to suit the system whatever that means um, and in our peer group, like in our friendship group You are the only pakia Looking, like pakia looking But internally we're all brown And so there, I feel like there have been cases Where we're out and it's like Oh we'll just get Jean to do it because she's like white What? I feel like that's a thing Like
0: using my white privilege?
1: Yeah, using your white privilege oh. So we can get a table <laughs> Oh yes <laughs> Yeah, like going out to eat and being like, oh it's j- yeah.
0: Wow, okay, yep. So I so I know that I have white privilege
1: and I use I it. That's the difference. Like you know that. Yeah. Like but there are people that don't, like they actually don't acknowledge it. Sorry, I've got a lot of background noise right now, but <laughs> um There are people that don't acknowledge that, and so what I have always loved about Eugene is you know how to use it to benefit your family, your the people in your life.
0: Hmm. Yes. I mean, I can't put that into exact words of how I use it, but I just, I just know I can because I know I can get away with certain things.
1: Yes, and that's the truth. And in our current system And how um, the world currently works That is the truth Yeah. But there are some people that choose to be Ignorant to it and want The this, this system That is currently how it is Like white privilege They want it to just be
0: It's power, it's pride uh, Pride is the root of all evil
1: Yeah, definitely I agree it's with it. that yeah. And it's just like when are you going to let up on all the privilege and let everybody else have privilege too.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, I think we've covered a lot of things.
1: Yeah, we have. We've just like. <laughs> <But> we've <laughs>
0: just touched the surface and um, we have, yeah. How long are your podcasts?
1: Been- <laughs> <laughs> They're like 20 minutes.
0: It's been like 20, but this one will probably be longer because. It's felt faster actually. Just like it's cool. It's cool talking to someone else rather than just myself because I process thoughts as I talk to someone as well. So that's why I wanted to bring on um guests. Yeah. And so I was actually thinking like, who should I bring on for this one? Um yeah, and then just with your knowledge and your background, um, yeah, it's it's been awesome. But I know we're due for another another catch-up going further into um new zealand racism Mm -hmm. i I think that's a thing we're still trying to figure out what that looks like Well, i know what it looks like we you know what it looks like in our country Mm -hmm. but um it's a it's a long journey eh, of people actually being aware to it
1: yeah i just think it's such an interesting conversation like point when people are like, there is no racism in New Zealand. I'm like, are you dumb? Like, are you actually dumb?
0: Taika Waititi said it straight up that there is, yeah. in a comment, and people blew up at him, like,
1: I was just like... And there was, like, this video that he released, like, um, a couple of years ago, and it was about racism, and I was like, yes, there's a brown person in Aotearoa. There is definite racism. If you say that there isn't, you are one of the privileged. Mm. Yeah.
0: And so, I guess it's just naming what that looks like.
1: Yeah, it looks like um, everything that exists in Aotearoa today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, colonism. Yep. I just, like, there are so many statues in Wellington. Um, There is a re-news video about all the monuments in Wellington that celebrate people who colonise this country and I'm just like if you like <laughs> cool. When I saw like in the Black Lives Matter movement how people were tearing down monuments of people who own slaves, I was like,
0: Yes. Oh really? Is wow. That's, that, that's, that's massive. Amazing. Because that's of, know, I think of our Hikoi yes. and the statues that are there. Yes. And I'm just like, are you kidding? I think there's one in
1: Auckland too. Yeah, there is. It's a dude riding a horse. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember his name because it's not worthy of remembering. <laughs> um, I'm just like, there's so there's so much history in New Zealand that isn't taught that we don't know about, like the movement of Parihaka and um the idea, like something that I found really powerful about Black Lives Matter movement was that it's supposed to be. A peaceful protest and where did peaceful protest come from yeah where did it originate from it originated here yeah and so people that don't know our history like don't know the meaning of peaceful protest and pariaka yeah like we should be inspired that a movement like Black Lives Matter wants to be a peaceful protest because that started here yeah and I'm like, if you don't, if we taught that in our schools, then there would be just so much pride in Indigenous culture here.
0: But there's so, I think there's also a lot of, ang- a lot of anger and outrage involved in those pro- protests in America. That there's there's those, some people who are, uh, they call it looting, a eh? Where they just go crazy and... I don't know, because
1: I don't know facts. Yeah, looting, break I don't know facts because what I have also heard is the people that are doing that stuff aren't actually a part of the movement. They want to deface the movement and they are. Yeah, so they are actually not part of the movement at all. And usually the ones that are filming it, the looting, um, the people that are looting are like Pacquiao people, like white people who want really? to. Um, Defe- yeah, it, it, I was watching um a couple of videos online, just saying like um, they're trying to deface this movement, um make it known that this movement is a peaceful protest, and those people are actually not a part of our movement. So they're yeah. burning down a building, and the looting—they're not a part of us.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um. So yeah, I really hope that this um. Black Lives Matter movement causes New Zealand to focus on its own history as well and um its own s- stories and its own racism discrimination sexism oh that's that is the next one that is so underlying sexism, oh my gosh, I just <laughs> I just, definitely yeah. Um okay sis, we better wrap up there then. Um but how how are you anyway after lockdown? Are you enjoying good. level one or do you miss level four?
1: Can I just say that I felt like level four was like this mystical dream that happened in my life <laughs> and that I will get back because I'm an introvert and I yeah. appreciate spaces like that. Where you just get to um, be still, yeah. Um, and forced reflection is awesome for my mental health. Um, however, like I really do appreciate level one and being able to connect and get into normalcy and yeah. um, just like be able to total people who really struggled in level four. I found that I am exhausted though, like I you go from, like, being really still to all of a sudden having, like, a caseload and, like, a workload of, like, know, so much. Nerd. And I just, like, can't... <laughs> I'm so busy now. <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm grateful. Like, I'm so grateful that I didn't... What, like, that I went in with three jobs and came out with three jobs. Like, yeah. I'm... Um, yes. But I'm just, like, I'm tired. Like, um, I think the first two weeks of me going back into full mahi because schools opened and I went back into schools and every night I would come home and I'd like be tucked into bed at like seven yeah and I'd just be like I'm done I'm (laughs) gonna go to sleep I'm just gonna go to sleep and wake up tomorrow and do it all again and I just started thinking like I was really like living luxury in level four
0: yeah, I want to take annual leave already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm already planning. I'm so glad the holidays is in a
1: few weeks. Yes, I'm. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, I I really
1: didn't like level three.
0: Um, that was probably was the worst. That was the worst out of all the levels. Um, yeah. I either wanted to be in level four or level two, like you know, or level four or level one. Not in the middle. That was really hard. Um. Yeah, so what else could happen in
1: 2020? Um, We could change the justice system and go into restorative practices. I think that's a really cool move.
0: How do you think, uh, or where do we go from here? How do you think we should, what's one way we can respond to everything that's been going on?
1: I think a big thing for me is um, don't, like, Don't be aggressively angry. You can be passionate. Be passionate. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. But don't be angry. People shut down when you come off aggressive. I know this for a fact. Um, (laughs) Be open to having dialogue and um, encourage Pākehā people to have conversations with Pākehā people. And um, there are some really cool, like I have quite a lot of young people who send me like resource lists of, what people should be reading and who people should be following. And I'm like, that's cool. So every now and then I just share them with people who ask questions. Yeah. I have a lot of like team or um, staff members who have been asking questions around white privilege and stuff like that. So I just send them videos and stuff. Do you think
0: that people, sorry, this is another question, um, because there's now this thing where like you're kind of looked down on if you don't post.
1: Uh, you know me sis, I don't post anything
0: Yeah actually you don't And
1: <laughs> I don't post anything I, I could care less <laughs> I think I could care less Because um, If you know me you know that I am I am a person of very high Integrity and character And I try my hardest To be as educational And non-judgmental yeah. as possible Even though I have my own prejudices um, And when I do have conversations because I'm all about having conversations. Um, I have them where it's just like direct to the point, like just cut all the crap and like let's just talk about all the hard yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, because some people can get caught up in just sharing.
1: Online yeah, and I'm like, Do not you?
0: doing anything about it.
1: Yeah, and like that's awesome. Amplify, amplify your voices. Um, share your platform. However many one or two followers, but I just know that for myself that that's not something that I particularly use all the time, yeah, yeah, even though I know that um Instagram and like social media platforms are um very educational, I know that sometimes there can be quite a lot of miscommunication, so I'm constantly doing my homework so I can better educate myself but also send out proper information because I'm just like oh nah that was misinformation what you heard so now we have to re-re-educate yeah
0: yeah and I think I had to actually pull myself away from watching yeah all those stories and rather just have conversations And um, process it for myself And talk to others And and actually ask them What is it like like being a brown person In
1: New Zealand Yeah and I think If If you're able to like Have those conversations with people Awesome but it's also knowing that Brown people People of colour Have always Had this internal battle And so having a voice is Having a voice as a brown person is great. Like it, it feels very empowering. Um, it can be super exhausting, and it's like, and amongst it all, you hear people of colours talk about being tired. I'm tired of this, and like that's so fair. Mm. Um, but it's a conversation that keep, needs to keep happening. Yeah. Um, and also, just a conversation that will probably never be ending. Mm. So, and amongst it all, you need to be aware of your mental health, aware when you need to pull back and not read all the stories and just talk to somebody. Yeah. Because first and foremost, mental health is important. Yeah. We are all important. Amen.
0: (laughs) Thank you, sis. I need to take that advice myself because... Sometimes you always try and tell people the truth, but then they're not yeah. going to listen to you anyway. So I guess you need to do it in a way that they're going to receive it well. Or sometimes you just, well, I just step back.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, like, um, I, I am very empathetic. So I am feeling for the white right people. Because I'm like, oh, bro, you must feel so attacked and so guilty. And so, like, I felt attacked, yes. And so, this and that, like, you must feel, but however, all these people felt, but in this moment, the world is looking at white people, and we are saying that your existence and what your people have done is completely wrong. And so, I'm like, if you are out there feeling that way, Let's have a conversation, let's talk, let's call it all.